guys. This is Joy. And this is Claire. Hi there. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone in the chat. Thank you for joining us. And we were just talking about our weather. We tried to spare you from that discussion. Um, so we won't really cover it, but we're just really... Still raining. Still raining. <laughs> and I'm getting ready to go surfing on Vancouver Island and Tofino. When you hear this, I will be two days away from my trip. So I'm leaving this coming Saturday. The trip is like Saturday through Thursday is the camp. And then I come home on Friday. Obviously, Vancouver Island, really known for rain. Not really supposed to rain when we're there. I just feel like it's, you know, one of those things that I really want to sit down and talk to some someone who studies the climate and be like, please explain all of this to me because I go to this place of freaking out that the world is burning. <laughs> I know. I, it's like, what is like weird weather phenomenon and what is like true climate change? It's all on the climate change mm -hmm. continuum. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I don't hate it. I don't hate the rain. I don't hate the moisture, but it is unusual. It just it just gives me an excuse to not do things. And I am someone who kind of like needs to keep moving or else I fall into a deep, dark hole. So when weather like this, I'm just like, okay, I gotta like be hyper vigilant about my schedule. You know, it's like the seasonal depression. I'm like, this is scaring me because <laughs> it's starting to come back. Right. I think having kids kind of like keeps me from being able to slump a little, like too much. And Evie freaking loves the rain, loves it. Like if it's as soon as it stops raining, she goes, I miss the rain. Like she just wants to be outside playing in the rain 24 seven. So then, you know, someone's got to be outside with her. She's only four years old. She can't just like run amok through the neighborhood. Someone's got to be outside with her. <laughs> I mean, Someone else, yeah. We do let her sort of like hang out in the driveway. But we have, she has a little friend who lives down the street. And I will just get a text from that mom who's like, hey, um, Evie's at our house. I'm like, oh, I had no idea she was down there. <laughs> but it, it's great. Like, I'm grateful that we have that. And it feels very like the type of parenting that I aspire to or like the type of like community and neighborhood and life that I want where my kids just sort of run around. But totally, you know, like I'm also sometimes like, oh, I hope somebody's not doesn't like call the cops because they're like, um, some like random child is child just walking is just around. Walking around. <laughs> so tell me about your trip. Yeah. So let's, let's hear it. The trip I'm going on, the group is called Bitches and Barrels, which I love so much. It's based out of the, like this is like their one location. So the other surf trips that I go on have been on. Uh, the two times I've been to Mexico have been with a group called Surf with Amigas, and they run trips all over the world, um, primarily Central America, but also they have one in Morocco, they have one in Indonesia. The other one when I went to Ireland was with a group called Salty Sensations, and that's run by two pro surfers, uh, Cassia Meter and Leah Dawson, and theirs are primarily based in Southern California, but then they also have this one in in Ireland. This one, Bitches and Barrels, only Tofino. And they most of their programs are basically like long weekends. And then they also have two like five-day long ones. So I'm doing the five-day long one because it's just such a trek to get up there. Like it's a whole day to get up there and a whole day to get home. So I wanted to go for more than just like a long weekend. If you are not familiar with Vancouver Island, not familiar with Tofino, it's on the very northern part of Vancouver Island. So I'm flying into Vancouver. My friend Amber, who I went on, who was on my last surf trip in Mexico and who is a podcast listener. Hi, Amber. She lives in Calgary and she's driving in Vancouver and she's going to pick me up and then we're going to 
drive up, get the ferry, and then continue on the way up to Tofino. So you can fly into Vancouver Island, but it makes the flight like twice as expensive. And Amber, I feel like every time I talk to her, I'm like, I do not deserve Amber as like a trip leader, basically. She is packing everything so that I don't have to fly because we're camping. Oh, that's amazing. I really don't know. I didn't like think this through. Like, how would I pack to fly with everything I would need to camp for a right. week? Right. Yeah. And it would have been fine. I just would have had a lot of luggage. And then for if sure. I hadn't like gotten with a buddy, I would have just rented a car. And, but it's so nice. Like, she's literally all I'm packing camping gear wise is like my own sleeping bag. She's packing everything else. It's amazing. So she has been so wonderful. And she's like really handled a lot of the logistics of like when we're going to get the ferry and all that. So I'm super grateful that she's been doing all that. She's just wonderful. And she's just so sweet. And I'm excited to spend the week with her. I think the trip, the group is probably like maybe 10 or 12 people. So again, like pretty small. And so we're camping, which I'm a little bit skeptical about because I don't know about you guys, but I love camping, but I don't like sleep the best when I'm camping typically. And so if I'm surfing twice a day and then expected to like go, I mean, I'm going to be so tired, hopefully that it won't matter. But like if you're sleeping on the ground and surfing, I'm just hoping that, that just like feels my- like- that makes me feel sore thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm worried that my shoulders are just really going to take a beating. Because if I like, like I can't, for example, I can't sleep on like the floor of my kids' rooms because my, it like hurts my shoulders. It feels like they like roll forward. Yeah. We'll see. I think I'm hoping I'm going to be so tired that it won't matter. <laughs> but we're surfing two times a day, most days. And then the rest of the time, just kind of like free time. And so I've gotten some restaurant recommendations. Like it's, we're staying at a campground, but there's like a cute, really cute town. Tofino is a really cute town that's very nearby. And yeah, I am really excited. So I'll keep you guys posted. It's not supposed to rain, knock on wood so far. But again, like, okay, if it does, no big deal. The campground and just the area is so amazing. It's like, imagine this big Pacific Northwest type of for like, you know, deciduous rainforest and then put a humongous, beautiful beach right next to it. I'm just going to live my dream. As you guys all know, my perfect day involves surfing and then eating soup. I'm going to probably do that like every day. I'm going to go surfing. I'm going to get out of the water. I'm going to put on a sweater. I'm going to like sit in a chair under some trees and read a book. And then I'm going to go surfing again. Then I'm going to come back out put on another sweater and eat soup. 11 out of 10. That's my dream life. And what was the last trip you went on? Mexico. Okay. And what, that was what, January? February. Yeah. February. Like yeah. President's Day timeframe. Yeah. And then I don't have another trip planned for the fall. I kind of need to like take a break from all this money spending. I was maybe thinking, I really want to go to Ireland again so bad, but I just, it's just too expensive to do that. I mean, that was a big trip. Like that was an expensive trip to get all the way over there and do the whole thing. And like, I had to get a hotel room on the either on the like either side of the trip and take a train a long way and I loved it. It was fantastic. I would do it again in a heartbeat, but I just can't afford it two years in a row. So um I'm gonna hopefully save up for that and do it again next year and make that maybe like an every other year type of thing if they keep if they keep doing it. But we have a trip. Our family is going to Costa Rica at the end of like the first week of January. This coming, you know, next this twenty twenty four next year, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to a town that has surfing, so I'll get to surf then. And then I'm also already signed up for another Surf with Amigas trip in southern Costa Rica in April. So I'm going to go to Costa Rica twice, kind of like back-to-back next year. And then, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have not been doing as good of a job this time as I was last time, sort of like working out ahead of time, just with like everybody, like Miles was sick and works in kind of a little bit nuts. And like we've had all this karate and then I we were in Florida. I just have not been in the gym very often. So I'm really hoping that doesn't bite me in the butt. 
but we'll see. I mean, what was really sore the last time you went? Did you get sore? I mean, typically the thing that is limiting to me is my upper body strength is like my paddling. My arms just get so tired. Right. I wouldn't even necessarily say they get sore. They just get so tired. So I think I like, I definitely could be doing a lot more at home. Like I have those crossover symmetry bands and I use them a couple times a week. Oh, you do have a set of those? Oh my gosh. I love the, yeah. I love the crossover symmetry. They're great. I use them when, like, I don't know if you guys remember last year, this time, or two years ago, maybe I had to do um, physical therapy for my shoulders. I have hypermobile shoulders and elbows. My, just having like a lot of pain. And so I did a bunch of physical therapy and I started, I got these cross-reptometry bands and they are so helpful. Totally worth the like hundred bucks or whatever. So worth it. I feel like that was the only thing that helped my shoulder pain when I was going, doing CrossFit. Totally. And I um, have a little like door connector. And so, I mean, I used to have them in our garage as well, but so I do that sometimes um like i'll just kind of stand there and do kind of like i'll try to do like 20 to 50 on each side just sort of like paddles so i'm sure that's helpful but yeah it's really just the endurance component of it that is so hard to train i could swim i guess but like going to swim laps Mm. i just can't Mm -hmm. imagine like when i would put that in my life would you argue though that most people aren't going to be able to like paddle 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 forever unless you are like really really built in your upper body (laughs) I think surfing is is something that is pretty hard to be in shape for if you're not doing it a lot. Like yeah. it's not Yeah, like if you're not just not certain. Yeah. It's not an easy sport to cross train for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, I think probably swimming is the closest thing you could get to like mm-hmm. having that really to maintaining that that sort of repetitive upper mm-hmm. body stamina. Swimming is something I really wish I got into. When I was younger, I really would have killed it with my shoulders, but I just never did. And now it's kind of like, I don't know, I guess I could learn, but I, I truly feel scared of the breathing aspect. That's not something that comes natural for me or feels natural, feels, I don't know, normal for me. Like I get really scared when I'm doing any type of like swimming of the laps and turning of the head. I mean, we I did swimming lessons as a kid, of course, but that's something I really think about where I'm like, oh, if I had a pool... I'd probably... Right, if you lived in Arizona and had a pool. Yeah, but I think I'd like either hire someone to like just teach me some good technique and then practice, but it's hard to in Colorado. (laughs) Jack in the chat says, I swim competitively from elementary school through college. Wow. We have a lot of swimmers that we know. Like I know like Laura Laura Ligos was a swimmer, Zach Anderson was a swimmer. Those are the only two actually. We know so many people. So many summers, <laughs> like two and Jacqueline, so three. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I tried to be on a, on some team in high school, and I didn't really like go super hard, go out super hard for it. But the hard thing for me was swimming. You know, like when you're running. I said this before in the podcast. But like when you're running and you get tired, you can just slow down. If you're swimming and you get tired, all slowing down does is like extend <laughs> the time between breathing. <laughs> I'm very impressed by Olympic swimmers. Like I could just watch them all day because I'm just like, that is a a level of fitness that is just beyond. But uh, I was a lifeguard in grad school for a summer in between my first and second year of grad school. I was like, I needed a job and I worked out a lot at the gym. And there was this lady who owned a company that provided lifeguards to all of these like private community pools. And so she hired a bunch of us grad students for the summer and put us through like lifeguard training. And so I was able to do that. I think the scariest thing is where they make you to dive to the bottom of the pool to like pick up heavy things, which is kind of like XBT life. You know, I could (laughs) look at the Laird Hamilton 
type of training. But that was, I just totally remember doing that. But I don't think she had like extremely high standards. She just wanted to make sure you could like jump in and save somebody. We had to know like the basics, but it's definitely not the same thing as being a competitive swimmer. I totally remember lifeguarding. Oh my gosh, we would always get so mad because we had this like really fun click. It was such a fun summer. I think the summer between my first and second year of grad school was probably one of the most fun because we were just... We had nothing to do. We went out all the time, like almost every night, and we would like lifeguard during the day. I was so, I had such a, I had the largest tan lines on my back from my bathing suit I think I've ever seen. But it was funny because the pool that I worked at uh, was in this very suburb community, and the parents were extremely entitled, and they always wanted the lifeguards to watch their children. So it was kind of like they would just dump their kids off and we're like, we're not babysitters. Like you have to watch your children. And then they would get extremely angry. I remember getting into this, not a fight, but this lady, one of the moms like yelled at me because there was like at noon, we had to get all the kids out of the pool. And so the adults could have like, I I think it was like every... 10 minutes on the hour, we had to let the adults just have a kid-free pool or something like that. So they could like swim some laps or whatever for like 10 to 15 minutes. And so we would call all the kids out of the pool and let the adults swim. And it was kind of like our chance to have a break too, because like, for the most part, we're like really trying to watch the kids from (laughs) getting into trouble. The adults would swim for whatever, 10, 15 minutes without kids in the pool so they could swim some laps. And the mom would yell if we did not put the kids back in the pool, like on the minute. So she came up to me and yelled at me. And I remember being like, ma'am, you please don't speak to me in that tone. She's like, if I was speaking to you in a tone, you would know it. (laughs) You're like, well, I bet you're a fun mom. And that is when I was like, please get me out of here. I can't wait to hate enough for this. Exactly. I was like, I do not get paid enough for this. Um, Jacqueline put a follow-up detail, which is that being a competitive swimmer is what got her a gig teaching water aerobics at the haunted nursing home she works at. Oh my gosh, you're the one at the haunted nursing home. I love it. And water aerobics is like, I just love watching seniors do water aerobics. I was, when we were in Hawaii, like, 10 years ago, we were at the pool and it wasn't seniors per se, but it was like this lady doing a water water aerobics class at the Hilton. And I remember um, it was when One Direction was really big. So she was like blasting One Direction and everyone's like bouncing around in the pool. And I just like, like have fond memories. I just love it. I think it's like the cutest thing. My dad, so my dad loves to swim because it's really like very low impact on his joints and it feels really good. So he, he loves to swim. He was a surfer when they were in California. Like he's, he's a cool dude still super active. So he goes to the pool in their community. And it was really funny because he went swimming when he started there. He would go for like, I don't know, a half hour. I think one day he he got there and he's like, and all these ladies walked in. And I'm like, yeah, so but he's like, well, they have aerobics, water aerobics there. And he didn't want to like be swimming while they were doing water aerobics or something. So now he like times it to where when they start water aerobics, he, I'm like, why are you embarrassed to like swim in front of people? <laughs> he's like, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be in their way. And so I'm like, why don't you join water aerobics, dad? You'd be <laughs> I feel like your mom, it would be a prime. I want her to so bad. My mother, we have this conversation a lot because she's, she's never been a big workout person ever, ever. She's like, I don't like to sweat. I'm like, mom, like (laughs) you need to like. Diane, fair. (laughs) That is an important boundary. 
Don't let anyone tell you that you have to sweat. It's so funny. She's always like, I just don't like sweating. As she's exactly. aged, she's had some issues with her legs. And she right now uh, has osteoarthritis. And so we're working on kind of like getting her some physical therapy because I noticed her for like two years, she was starting to limp. And she's like, oh, I just have, it's from bowling. She was making excuses. And she would kind of like just walk like slower, kind of like favor a leg. And I was like, what's going on with you? And (laughs) so finally, I made her go to the doctor. I was like, you need to go to the doctor. The things that I have, like people with parents who are aging and well, all of our parents are aging, but you know, the age where they're starting to get a little stubborn about like, no, I don't need hearing aids or no, I don't need glasses or no, I don't, whatever. There's a couple things with my dad that I have to get on him about with my mom. <laughs> Jacqueline said she must go real hard at bowling. She does. But it's like that whole, the the stance you take when you, you know, let go of the bowling ball and you're kind of like in a, a little bit of a lunge. She, she thought it was like that was bothering her leg. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But eventually you need to go to the doctor and figure this out. Finally got an x-ray and she has osteoarthritis, which as I'm reading is just kind of like bone on bone where you just don't have like the cartilage in between your joints. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. It was like a quick Google search because I was like, okay, what can we do? So she's starting physical therapy, but I really want her to build up her strength. And I think like, no scary Brendan. Good morning. He just did coffee delivery and he didn't scare the crap out of us. That was so funny. Oh, what was I saying? Oh, but I think she would do awesome at water aerobics. But I think she's just kind of like, she's self-conscious. And I think she just gets, she just has a hard time like motivating with that stuff. But I always joke with her. I'm like, don't be like grandma. Because when my grandmother was older, my mom was like on her to do all of her physical therapy stuff that she had to do as she was aging. And I was like, don't be like grandma. You got to do your exercises. So we're trying. We're getting there. But so my on the opposite side of the of the, the spectrum, you know how I always would talk about my grandpa who like would do all the sit ups every year. Yes, I love so that. he's 96. Now he lives with my mom full time. And he does not really work out anymore. He's pretty he's still with it. But he is definitely declining pretty quickly. And I almost feel like his body is too healthy and like maybe it should just let go. Oh, like, wow. He yeah. Has, like maintained his health too much to the point where like he will fall and be fine. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like it's, you know, no. like, I don't, I don't want something horrible to happen to him, but I'm like, maybe there is such a thing because if I got to 96, and was like mentally starting to decline and like my wife had passed away. You know what I mean? Like I think sure. I would be ready to go. Sure. And I would want my body to be like, yep, it's it's time. like we've had enough. But his totally. body's like, no, we are doing this. We are. We have trained. Trust we your have training. for this. <laughs> yeah. I just think about that a lot. I'm like somehow I think he was too, he's too fit because his body just like keeps trekking and. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of exercise, I guess, let me, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about our karate yes. belts lately. We had a belt rank promotion two weeks ago now. So this past week was our first week at our new rank. If you're familiar with American Taekwondo, we are high red belts, which the belts go like this. White, gold, high gold, orange, high orange, green, purple, blue, high blue, red, high red, low brown, brown, high brown, conditional black, black. So we're getting up there in like the belt rank, but as you get older, older, as you get higher up and older, I guess, higher up into the belt ranks, the belts take longer in between. Like this type of 
American Taekwondo and this school is like very regimented. Like you promote a certain in a certain cadence um, versus like something like jujitsu, where in my understanding of jujitsu is that you kind of just promote like everyone's on their own timeline. It's nice because it, when you're working with little kids and most of the people in the school are children and their families, all of the people in the school are children and their families. It's really, really helpful to have that cadence so that the kids feel like, oh, I'm, they're really progressing and it's predictable and they kind of know what to expect. Sorry, I'm getting distracted by the chat. <laughs> Jacqueline says, did I see the article of people under the age of 50 could live to be 140? No, thank you. I've seen enough. I'm good with 90. Exactly. I don't have enough to keep me to like keep me occupied till 140. That's what I was just thinking. I'm like, we're so obsessed with being young, preserving our youth so that we could have longevity. But then I'm like, but what is longevity? And I don't want to live to 100. (laughs) And what if I retire at like 65? Then like I have to have, what would that be? Like 55 years of savings in the bank. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Also, I mean, not to revert all the way back to this conversation, I can keep talking about karate in a sec, but I'm not religious, but I definitely believe that there's something after that like after we die, we go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that it ostensibly is an improvement to what the situation that we have here. So, I also am kind of like, you know what? Let's see what happens. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast episode. Well, I was going to let me let's side let's table that, but like put a pin put, in that cuz I am I am going to see a medium next week. Oh. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of life after death. Speaking of life after death. Yeah, I think there is something after this that does not involve coming back to visit your relatives as a ghost. Anyway, karate. So we have two years left till our black belts and but only what four more belts or five more belts. So my Brandon and I have been for the past year like running through the curriculum to try to catch Miles who had a year on us. But it was like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it with Miles because the as you get higher, you have to go to more classes. There's like more training involved. There's more of like a fitness component that you have to do that is like additional specialized just sort of almost like cross training classes. I was like, I'm not driving him to those if I'm not also going to them. <laughs> like we're all doing this together. So yeah, right I mean, that's I the been, whole point is like, right. it's a nice family activity together. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I wouldn't say, I've said this before, like, I wouldn't say I'm, like, passionate about martial arts. Like, I don't... Right, you wouldn't, like, do this... I would do this on my on own. own. Right. I'm I'm interested maybe in like trying jujitsu one day. That looks really fun to me. But taekwondo is not something that I've ever looked at and been like, oh, I really want to be able to like punch and kick. But I do really like doing it with a family. And it also I think helps all of us to like practice together at home. And you know, we kind of like but it's truly like become such a huge part of our lives because it kind of has to because you have to practice all the time. So we probably go like two to four times a week, depending on the week. There is no off season. You just go the whole time. People always ask me that, like, is there a season? You, It's like a dance class kind of like you just go year round and you just like progress, keep progressing as you go. Sometimes I wish there was a off season where it'd be like, okay, the season's over. Like you got three months until fall tryouts or whatever. Right. I also kind of like that there's not because I think if we lost the momentum, it'd be really hard to get it back. Do you feel like you could fully, this is a dumb question because I don't know a lot about it, but do you feel like you could fully like, do you feel good? Uh, up. Yeah. What's the word? I'm not sorry. Really. It's like, early. Can I defend myself? Thank you. But like just self-defense, so, like a self-defense situation. First of all, I like to say, I think I've always been like a, one of the scrappier people I know that like, because I grew up with like a bunch of older brothers and just like, am a little bit more used to that 
I grew up with a lot of kind of physical having to defend myself against my brothers. <laughs> but, a lot of uh, bullying from the siblings. Yeah. But I will also say, so like, I, I don't know, I'm not being trained like in how to fight people per se, especially at this belt level. Eventually, the higher up you get, the more you do do like self def- more true self-defense. They do teach really basic self-defense that's kind of aimed at kids of like how not to get grabbed, which is great. But I think the thing, because I do actually get this question a lot where people are like, well, do you feel like you could beat someone up or do you feel like you could defend yourself? Wow. While I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm like learning specific tactics that you would use in like a street fight against some random person. The thing that I have spent done in the past year is I've spent a lot of time getting comfortable with what it feels like to have someone like up in my face and like to pay attention to somebody who's moving around me and like have that awareness in a Mm. fight. Mm-hmm. Where I remember the first time I was I did sparring, I was like, this is actually really hard to think about what you're going to do while you're also watching the other person and like understanding what they're getting ready to do. It was way harder than I thought it was going to be. And so I think if I ever found myself in a fight prior to ever having done sparring, that would have been my overwhelming feeling. It's like, wow, everything just happened so fast. Whereas now I feel a little bit more confident that I could have the awareness to like watch the other person and plan what I wanted to do. So in that sense, and like it wouldn't feel so jarring to me to like have some of my space because I'm a little, I've had experience with that. So I think it's more about that of just like, if somebody were to want to fight me, it wouldn't be like, oh my God, what's going on? It would be like, okay, I kind of have a little bit of a frame of reference for what to do here, right? which right. I think would be more valuable than like, okay, I know these kicks and I know these punches because in the moment you're just like throwing whatever you totally. can. Totally. Right. Right. It's like that yeah. adrenaline kicks Yeah. And I think as we get further along, like I think once you're a black belt, certainly once you're a second degree black belt, like you do, you are, you start to train more scenarios that are more like true kind of fighting, but that's not where I'm at. My stuff is still very like, it's a lot of, it's basically like routines. Like you learn various routines and that's how you memorize your moves and that's how you learn. Progress to the next level. It's the same thing as like dance. Like it's just like the routines get more complicated and longer and the the moves within the routines get more technical. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's yeah. great. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It's pretty fun. Adding and that it to is really resume. fun to go sparring with your family. Mm-hmm. Like kicking Brandon, super fun. And yeah, it is kind of cool actually. Like, you know, when I'm a black belt, I'm going to like totally put that on my LinkedIn. Heck yeah, I would. It's also cool for Miles to think like by the time he's in like third or fourth grade, he's going to be a black belt. And like he will have already at that young age had this experience of like setting a long-term goal and really working towards working it. Working towards it, yeah. And I think that just whether he remembers a single move, what I really am grateful for is that I think a lot of people don't have that experience until college really where you yeah. set or, or later, mm-hmm. you know, especially in childhood, like things can be so not instant gratification, but like, even if you're just in a team sport, you know, it's like, oh, you're just training for the next game or you rarely are like, right. okay, four years from now, this is my specific goal and I am working directly towards it. Yeah. So that's, it's cool such a confidence idea. builder. We always yeah. said when we were working with kids and at, when I was at the, the diversion program, I always had a mentor that would always say mastering tasks builds confidence with kids, especially. And that's such a good example of like how he has mastered something to have that confidence within himself to be like, I did something hard. Maybe I did something scary. He's had days where he's really struggled. And then you're like, look, you did it. You want, you got through that. Yeah. And also learning at a young age that like, just because that if you want to achieve something, you're going to have a lot of days in between where you don't really want to put in the work and you have to just do it anyway. Anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like that is a, I mean, that's something we all deal with every single day, no matter how old you are. And so to learn that at such a young age of like, I'm not going to wake up every morning psyched to do this, but that doesn't mean I don't need to get it done. I think is also really valuable. Um, okay. Let's take a break for just a quick second and talk about our favorite sponsor, Ned. We love Ned. We love their CBD products. They are so wonderful. The products are wonderful. The company is wonderful. The people are wonderful. The farmers are wonderful. Everything about it, we just love so much. As a reminder, I use the 750 milligram uh, daily blend every day. Joy uses the sleep blend. They come out with new products and they have so many cool, like they have topical ones you can do. They have capsules you can take if you don't like the taste. They have so many great CBD delivery systems. The reason that we talk about the same ones every week though is because like- You find what you like- and yeah, then you we just stick love with their it. like basic cornerstone type of products. But we also love their mellow magnesium. I've been using that a lot lately because I've been I've been having some weird anxiety spikes. I've noticed that and I'm look, I'm not gonna prescribe anything, blah 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 blah. <laughs> but like that for me. <laughs> not medical advice. That for me has been really helpful throughout the day. You might think like, oh, that'll make you sleepy. But no, when I've been having more of like anxiety type feelings, then I will grab my little mellow magnesium. And recently they did a special where they sent you like a little kind of like a little water bottle. It's like a very convenient, cute little glass shaker bottle for my magnesium. So it's like a little ritual. They have like such cute products that go along with some of the stuff you order too. Like the, I love the milk frother that came with the chai, like, and it's a USB. So you don't need batteries. It like recharges itself. So great. Anyway, apart from the milk frother, go get yourself some amazing CBD products. Go to helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com for slash joy j-o-y or use discount code joy for 15 percent off your order you're gonna love it and if you don't love it they have a money back guarantee for your first time order so you can send it back no questions asked and get your money back so give them a try we really think you're gonna love it we really think that it's gonna help you out and you can support the podcast so once again that's helloned.com discount code joy thank you so much for supporting this amazing brand okay we have father's day coming up were you able to get some uh, gift guide selections <laughs> from the gift guide unicorn well we talked about it last night because he didn't have a lot of time to research. Yeah, I know. It was um, quick. We he he'll put a few things together and we'll post it on our stories. So just be on the lookout for that. But he did mention um, because his best friend came over yesterday. We were hanging out and he had these shoes on. They're called Hey Dude. I mean, They're I guess owned by Crocs. Well, yeah. He's yeah. he he texted me. He goes the new Crocs, not endorsed by me. <laughs> Is what he texted me. Well, not yeah, not to just the new Crocs. They are owned by Crocs. They were purchased. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, these are the new Crocs like for boat like dudes. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So those shoes apparently real popular. Scott's not does not endorse them. He's not a fan of them. But his best friend came over and had those on. He's like, everyone's wearing these shoes and they're just not Scott style. You know, he's like the Nike snob and yeah, just a he's snob not in a general. Real, but <laughs> he's not, not a real uh, casual footwear type of guy. Yeah. It wouldn't be, but it is funny. One year, I think it was during the pandemic, he bought a pair of these tie-dyed Crocs, and I was like, "What?" Well, the backstory is he was going through this huge issue with his feet uh, when he was running. He would get like, you know, his toenails were like getting all bruised up from running so much, and so he was like, "Well, maybe I just need to wear like really loose." casual recovery shoes and i'm like why would you get a pair of crocs that like closed toe anyway whatever it doesn't matter right just get a pair of like slides yeah <laughs> like okay. uvos are great for that but anyway hey dude.com get some really good not a dude shoes not a sponsor <laughs> but that was the suggestion where he's like oh colin his best friend his bestie he's colin likes these colin is like the average dude so he <laughs> 
was like, maybe these will be popular. I think for his birthday, by the way, I am going to do the simplygoodcoffee.com maker because I had a bunch of people send me links to a coffee maker that is twice as much money, but it looks like it's the exact same coffee maker. The one that they were sending you, though, had a grinder attachment. Yeah. I that's the only thing. Grinder. I mean, yeah. we gr- we have like a little tiny coffee grinder that just like grinds enough for, you know, right. the day. It right. looks like a, um, it's like a, like a spice grinder. You know, like yeah. a little guy. I can't imagine it would cost more than $30. Like, right. if you don't mind having a separate little thing, then just have the separate little thing. That's what I'm thinking we're going to do. That's yeah. What, that's what I'm going to go with. Because I'm like... Three hundred and sixty to seven three hundred and seventy dollars for a coffee maker. Look, I I'm I'm always for a bargain, guys. I'm a bargain shopper. And it's not but the quality looks exactly the same. Like and I also trust Peregrine. I trust their judgment. So I think I'm gonna go with the Simply Good Coffee Maker. Okay, yeah. I gotta circle back to the Hey Dudes for a sec. Mackenzie in the chat says, My father in law has Hey Dudes. He was wearing them in Sedona on a family trip. He was a little tipsy and tripped and fell, which was scary. But when he stood up, he said, Oh no, my hey dudes, when he noticed a hole in them. <laughs> Oh, no, my hey, dudes. <laughs> it reminds me of Friends when they're, like, reenacting some 80s scene. Oh, when the when the knife goes into Chandler's shoe and the dad goes, he's like, he went, they, it went through his shoe. And he's like, well, you, of course, they're made of wicker. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Do you miss that show? <laughs> anyway, oh, so okay. we will we will get some more recommendations yeah. and we'll, put them we'll post in the, in them. The Instagram, in the Instagram yeah. if you're looking for a Father's Day present, yeah, for any person in your life. <laughs> I know what I'm going to get, Brandon, but I'm not going to tell you because he's going to listen. Oh, he does listen. Okay, yeah. okay. He, I, well, like he listens enough that I can't right. confidently give it away. Right, I definitely can confidently say Scott will not yeah. be listening. Very fair. <laughs> okay, should we do um, marriage hacks or should we do our like big topic we were going to talk about or should we save that for another week? Let's save so that like, for another week. Let's do okay. marriage hacks. But look, do you want me to give a quick update on Taylor or do you want to do that? I later? absolutely do. Yes. Okay, please. let's do a quick update on Taylor. So <laughs> for those who are not familiar, I've been back and forth on going to the Taylor Swift concert in Denver for a long time. I at first was like, heck no, I'm not going to go. This is ridiculous. Prices are insane. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm st- once all the videos were coming out of the concert and everyone was posting about it, I got, got all excited. And I was like, I really think I should go. So I was looking at tickets. If ticket prices do not drop, I'm not going to go. So I, I'm waiting till the day of like, truly, I think I'll keep looking. I, I look every day. I browse. I see what the trends are doing. But I don't think because she's going to tour again, this is not my last chance to see her. Everybody who's gone is like, do it. It's so fun. You're going to have the best time. I'm like, I get it. I know it would be amazing. There was a listener who actually wrote and said that they are, they either live near the the arena. What's it called? It's changed names so many times. The Broncos Stadium. The Broncos Stadium or Ball Arena? I feel like it's a, I think it's a stadium tour. So anyway, so they're like, we have a house near there. We're going to just sit on the rooftop terrace and listen to it. I'm like, I would come over and do that. But we live so close. So I'm going to just kind of wait and see. So I'm kind of faltering back and forth and struggling with what to do. But I'm not gung ho either way, which is probably a very unsatisfying answer. For everyone who did go, I want to know, like, how much did you pay for your ticket? Because I'm like, did you get them when they went on sale? Because if they did, like, I'm not paying $2,000 for a shitty seat. I'm right, just not. for on sale. Mm-mm. Okay. 
Well, we'll see how it goes. Well, where Scott is with the hookup, someone Mackenzie just asked, where is Scott with the hookup? The hookup really is like we're just scouring every single day. And honestly, because they have seats that will likely be released either a week before or the day of, that's probably where we're going to hope for the best on that one. But I'm not going to be like devastated if I don't get a ticket. I'm I'm just, I'm a weird person. Like I don't, the only person that I get like super jazzed about going to see is the Indigo Girls because I grew up listening to them. So like <laughs> everyone else, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I mean, everybody who's written has said, like, it's worth it. They would pay that a million times. But I also think you guys are so used to being able to, like, swoop in, get great seats at a lower price at the last minute that that's your, like, that's, like, why you love, part of why you love love music is that you always can have this, like, typically really good seats and Mm -hmm. not pay the sticker price. So I think Mm -hmm. we've also, you know, nobody has yet to be like, oh, yeah, I got an $85 ticket right before the show opened. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting to pay nothing, but I am expecting, I'm not, I'm also... dip into your savings for this. Like, I am just not that... Like, Scott would probably... Scott just went to the Nuggets game, the playoffs, or the championship game. Sorry, the finals. I'm saying all the wrong words. Sorry, sports people. But he's going... He went to the first finals game a few days ago here in Denver, he was looking all day like that morning for tickets to see how much they were. And they were not cheap. But he was like, I found a ticket for this amount of money. He's like, it's pretty decent seat. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, that's so much money. And he's like, Joy, I my life is basketball. And we don't like, I think I've said this before, as far as money's concerned for us, like he buys his own thing. We, we don't have a shared account like we have some we just since we've been dating until now 16 years later we keep everything separate but we split the bills so i was like all right well you know that's that's fair and he had the best time but like for him like he has a different he has a different viewpoint on spending money for experiences like that. And, and I'm kind of right. like, I, yeah. I feel like, you know, the Nuggets haven't gotten this far in a long time. Like this is more of like, it's less ever. Than Taylor's They've never right. gotten this far. Great. Ever. Like, yeah, like Taylor's <laughs> probably going to go on tour again in another couple years, like versus this really this might be a once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime chance. Yeah. Exactly. So, so he's like, this is my life. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause sometimes he'll throw out like, should I go to this? Is it's this much money? And and I'm just like, do what you got to do. But for me, I wouldn't feel I would feel so much sticker shock and buyer's remorse that that would kind of like outweigh and tarnish my experience. Like I want to pay for it and be like, this was worth every penny. So totally. That's just me. My work has a box at Ball Arena and they raffle off tickets for everything. And so like they had a raffle for the Nuggets finals. I mean, of course, every single person in the building enters it. Everyone is like, you find out who won, and then like you start campaigning those people. Like, hey, Hey, need a buddy? Yeah, person from product design got tickets to the Nuggets. Yeah, but um, it's it's actually like a really fun perk. But they also raffle off for all the concerts, and so I put in for two tickets to Madonna. So if I get those, you can come with me. I was thinking, I was like, you can, you can put in up to four, but the, the, it's sort of like the more you put in, the less likely you're, you know, like you're going to win two than four. So I was like, okay, who would I take to Madonna? Obviously Joy. Her first record was like a virgin. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason why, because Scott was like, are you going to get tickets to Madonna? The only reason why, this is such a dumb reason, you guys, and it probably sounds like a total D-bag move. Is I feel like she hasn't put out new material. I saw her in her last tour and it was great, but it wasn't like memorable. It was yeah. good, but it wasn't memorable. In my mind now, I'm like, she hasn't put out anything new ish, right. I don't think. No. And she's getting older. 
Yeah. I'm yeah like, she's not like the high energy performer. She's not. Yeah. She's not. And so it's kind of like, I don't, I want to have that memory live in my mind, like when she was like younger and it was like totally exciting versus now I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be good. And I'm a little scared to be disappointed. This will be, if I get tickets, it will be the uh, free box seats experience. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which (laughs) I'm like, I 1000% do that. Uh, We went, I think, I know I told this on the podcast, we went to Disney on Ice. Um, We got tickets to Disney on Ice through my work with the kids and it was so fun oh yeah and, i remember the video of evie just like yeah, dancing just, like, around dancing. In the box. she, she was wasn't so even watching cute. this show she was, she was having her own little party and it yeah, was so it was cute so yeah and like because i'm not a big live music person or like a big like our family doesn't do a lot of live events i never in a million years would pay to do something like that to like get box seats for anything let alone just sure. nice so it was sure. just like such a fun experience to be able to do. Yeah, it. it's so cool. I do think about getting tickets for Pink in the fall because I would love to see that her. That would be really fun. And That's Beyonce. Be show. I, I mean, we are, why aren't we Why aren't we freaking out? Why isn't people talking about Honestly, Beyonce tickets I've had that thought where I'm like, I feel like the Taylor headlines have been bonkers. What about bonkers. the Beyonce? And like, you, you don't even know Beyonce's on tour. Exactly. And I'm not excited about that fact. Like, I just, the whole thing with, like, Matt Healy. And so I'm getting a little bit more, like, annoyed at all of the media attention. And I'm like, why are it? Because it's clicks and people are clicking on all this. Yep. So they're putting out all this content. And I'm like, let's, yeah. Anyway, that's, it's like the larger, like, systems issue that makes me mad. <laughs> like, um, mostly, though, I just want to, I want us to go to Madonna so we can, like, have outfits. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when I was eight years old, I had the the black lace bow in my hair. I had the black bracelets. I actually sat, We when you bought those bracelets that had like, there was just like the gummy bracelets, the jelly bracelets, the black ones were all sold out. And so I would sit with my friends and we would color them with a black marker because we they had to be black because that's what Madonna wore. So we would sit and color these bracelets black. I just remember all like the lace gloves. I had my whole room was plastered with Madonna posters, plastered with Madonna. I mean, I was so obsessed The fact that she's like been that famous for that long is also amazing. (sighs) It's just the best. Um, Okay. We have a few marriage hacks we want to read. Also, I know I really alluded to like this bigger topic we were considering today. And maybe if you have like some thoughts on this, you could email us about them and we can talk about it. Include your email the next time we talk about this. What we were going to talk about is yesterday I had a conversation with some friends about like the fact that cis, white, able-bodied, heterosexual men who have this obviously big, like huge amounts of privilege in our society also personally feel often that they don't have an outlet for their personal struggles because they feel like complaining about things that are happening, you know, that are, that they're going through that are hard somehow negates their recognition of their own privilege. And so they kind of, and so at least the ones who don't suck kind of feel stuck in this, like, well, I want to be able to talk about my struggles too, but I feel like anytime I do, I get shut down of like, well, you don't know how good you have it. Or, you know, at least you're not a woman or at least you're not BIPOC. Like at least you, you know, look at this position of privilege that you have. But that still doesn't negate the fact that everybody has personal struggles in their life and perspective is reality. And, you know, things can still be hard for you no matter how much privilege you have. And sure, that doesn't mean that compared to someone else, you might not have it as hard. But we talk about this all the time in this podcast that just because someone has it harder doesn't mean that what you're going through is invalid. Mm-hmm. So, But as a group, this, like I said, cis, straight, heterosexual, white, able-bodied guys have are kind of struggling with this. And I'm 
I think that it's contributing to this like Joe Rogan pipeline of normal guys who maybe were like a little bit conservative and now have become really radical because they feel like there's no place for their for them to like offload their personal struggles in a healthy way. And so they kind of like turn to this more radical viewpoint of being victimized by society. Mm. So mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about that. It's a huge topic. Obviously, we're not men, so we don't have the personal perspective on it. But it is something I've been thinking about a lot. We also were continuing to kind of think about like what we talked about last week with more gray area thinking um, from the conference that I went to. And so if you have anything you want to weigh in on on that topic, if you are a white guy who listens to this, or if you are a man of any race that listens to this, of any identity that listens to this, let us know if that feels like it resonates with you. Let us know if you feel like it's BS. We'll talk about it not next week, but the following week. Yeah. And two, two quick things, because I think when you said about the Joe Rogan, I think there's a few camps with that of the feeling threatened by a loss of whatever, a loss of... Right, the status quo, the privilege. The status quo, white supremacy. You know, like the threat, there's a, like a threat of a loss of that, which is not too jazzed about that. Right, um, I, don't feel, I don't feel sympathetic. I don't, feel, I don't feel sorry for you. Yeah. And then there's like my husband who we've talked about this a few times where like some things have come up at work and he's like, I just, I, don't, I stay quiet because I f- don't feel like you know, I am the privileged white guy, straight white guy who I just don't want to like contribute to. I don't want to like speak up because I want to give someone else a chance to talk. And so he he's like, I just don't know how to handle that sometimes. So it's an interesting conversation. And then the other thing I wanted to say too is, so we're recording this obviously before Claire leaves. And then we're also pre-recording or recording an extra episode while she's gone with uh, Laura Lagos that will come out the following week. And we are going to talk a little bit about Laura and I have been chatting about this because we're like, okay, what are some big topics that are coming up for you? And it kind of goes along with this really big conversation around like everyone coming at each other that if you don't have the exact experience as another that you don't understand. And it's like, we are really missing the mark on some conversations. If we, it's so quick to judge and it's so quick to be like, well, if you say something and if you uh, are a certain in a certain type of body or if you have kids or don't have kids or if you have this experience or that experience or you have this education or this trauma, people are like, well, you don't do the, you don't know what it's like because you don't, you haven't lived this exact experience versus I respect your opinion. It's like an opinion, like everyone gets an opinion but you don't have to attack them if they've never, if they, no one has walked 100% in each other's shoes. Right. And I think that's the trap we get into is, of course, if you are wanting to be an ally, you recognize that and, you know, you do try to have empathy while understanding the limitations that you have. But also the reality is I can't put myself in those shoes. And so, or whomever can't put themselves in those shoes in a meaningful, true, realistic way. So you kind of get caught in this catch-22 of like, well, you you can't be part of this conversation because you don't understand. It's like, well, I am incapable of understanding. So does that just exclude me from being able to talk about this? And in some cases, the answer is yes. In some cases, like you don't get an opinion on reproductive rights or you don't get an opinion on the experience of Black people in America. But when it just comes to your personal struggles, I think that's when the apples to apples, like, well, you don't know how easy you have it can just feel so isolating. So weigh in, email us. This is Joy and Claire at gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts. We're going to talk about that in two weeks. But until then, we have some merit checks. So we asked our merit checks on Instagram yesterday and a lot of people went like pretty serious. We got some like real true, a lot of real true marriage advice, but we also got some really funny ones. I like this one. This is a very general good one for really any relationship. It says, do you want me to listen 
or do you want me to problem solve? That's huge. A lot of times, and it's going to be really hard for me not to like jump into like the couples therapy hat because it's, I see this all the time when I'm talking to people or couples in relationships. If you even just start the conversation of asking for what you need to say, I just need to listen. I don't need you to solve this. You set the tone and you set the stage Mm -hmm. for like what needs to happen for you. So you're not like all of a sudden fighting about someone trying to solve the problem. And then someone said, watching couples therapy, hoping they pick something up. By the way, have I talked about couples therapy on here? It is such such a good show, by the way. If you... Uh, so we had uh, like a free week on Showtime because I don't subscribe to Showtime anymore. I did it for Yellow Jackets and season two is horrible. Like if you watch season one, just end it there and just like make up the rest in your head of what happens <laughs> because season two is a waste of your time. It's horrible. And it makes me so sad because the actors, the actors are amazing. But so I jumped over. And I was like, well, I have a free week on Showtime. What else do I watch? And Couples Therapy is a show that I've kind of avoided for a while because I have like a resistance to watching therapy shows for some reason. It's almost like you're just like, I do that all the time. So it's like hard to watch. But this therapist is awesome. And she's a psychotherapist, which really means I truly believe believe that couples therapy has so much to do with focusing on the patterns you've developed since you were a child and the traumas that you had as a child and like how you carried those into your relationships because no relationship is going to be as intense as the romantic relationship you get into or relationships you get into as you're older so like you completely have to work through the traumas and the patterns that kind of like come up inside of you when you're in a romantic relationship. She does such a good job of taking these couples through couples therapy. So if you ever want to watch and learn a lot of things, I really do recommend watching couples therapy on Showtime. Okay, I found the one I was looking for. This one says, don't let roommate problems become marriage problems. I like that one. I like those categories because I do feel like 99%, maybe not 99, but a lot of things I gripe about with Brandon are just like, this is just like an issue of cohabitating, not like an issue, which is like not, not part of your dynamic. But if you can kind of try to separate those two things, I think things would feel less serious. And we call it parentifying. It's not, that's not like an actual, but we, it's kind of like you're, you're parenting your spouse. Yes. I hate and that, that is, <laughs> and that's, that's when like romance just goes down the toilet. Yeah. Cause you're just like, all of a sudden you treat each other like it's a child parent relationship yeah. that doesn't feel good to anybody. Okay. Like this one lately I've been saying, well, that's an idea when I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> huh, that's an idea. That's kind of like where what what's the plan for this came from? Like, totally. oh, what's the plan for this? What's the plan for this? <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Um, a lot of these have to do with like div- divvying up tasks. I'm not going to read all of them, but like have him keep his own weekend to-do list on his phone so I don't feel like I'm delegating. Um, delineate tasks. So, like you're always the one who does laundry. He's always the one who does the dishes. So, like you just don't have to get into that fight. I'm not – like I said, I'm not going to read every single one of them, but I think – it's helpful to me also to read these and have it validated that like my personal marriage is not the only one that struggles with task management or feeling like the tasks are uneven. And it's always helpful to hear when other people are struggling with that because it's like, oh, I am not like uniquely feeling at this. This is not a failure of my dynamic, my marriage. Like this is just really hard. I remember when Brandon and I first got married and first started talking about having kids, we had some friends who told us some advice that their parents had given them, which was like, when you have young kids, or even just if you don't have kids, like it's hard to make things feel like 50-50 because there's often more than 100% that needs to get done. Like yeah. the number is maybe more like 120 or 130. And yeah. so it can't be 50-50 if there's if like the sum total has to be more than 100. Like there's just so much to get done in a day, in a week, and it's not going to feel even. And so if you are – if that's your goal – then either you have to put so much work into it ahead of time to make sure it feels even, or you kind of just need to learn to let go of the expectation that things are not going to always feel equal amounts of work. And I'm not saying that if you're the one doing all the work all the time, you should just learn to let that go. Absolutely. That's 
I don't, don't want you to take that away from this, but just to know that like, if it feels like the balance kind of goes back and forth, I don't think I've ever had a day or a week where I felt like, oh, Brandon and I did the same amount of work this week. But I do have some days where it's like, okay, he did a lot more and other days where it's like, I did a lot more. Mm-hmm. I need to be better about, there's times when I'll get passive aggressive if I'm not, if f- things feel unequal, instead of just asking for what I need, I get like really huffy and Scott will be like, what's wrong? Like, yeah. Don't do that. Find out their love language. Has somebody? Do you guys do love language stuff? Mm-mm. Not really. No, I mean it's it's one tool. It's great, but I think at this point, it's we don't really I need th- to know. Yeah, I think it's helpful <laughs> if you really just feel like disconnected, disconnected, or if you feel like you're putting a lot of effort in and it doesn't feel like it's landing. It can be really illuminating right. to realize why it's not landing. Right. Like, that was a big thing for me and Brandon is that he. Like we always knew that our like physical touch needs were really different. Like mine is really right. low and his is really high. But for him, he, his he has words of affirmation really high, and I could give a shit about words of affirmation. Like oftentimes, it just feels patronizing to me. Honestly, if someone's like, "You're doing a great job," I'm like, "I know I'm fucking doing a great job." Like, stop, <laughs> you're annoying me. And so he was always like, "I always tell you you're doing a great job," and like, and so he thought that that was like building me up. And I was like, "You," and it just didn't ever land to me. Mm-hmm. So it was illuminating to realize like, "Oh, you're trying to give me words of affirmation." and I just don't want them or I don't need them. Yeah. So they're not landing. Yeah. What I, you know, if you're going to put effort into something, put it into acts of service or quality right. time. Right. Because that's like where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. That's where I feel like love languages is helpful is for your partner for to understand like, sure. how am I going to get the most bang for my buck here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mackenzie says, I think it's important to know each other's love language, just like knowing each other's communication styles. And I would argue your love language is one of your communication styles. Like it Mm -hmm. is really important to know how can I relate to you in a way that's going to land, whether it's romantically or just conversationally. Someone brought up a really good one. It's called the weekly check-in. They learned about it from the Gottman Institute. And I've mentioned the Gottmans a million times. They are the experts in couples therapy. If you go to Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N, com. I believe it's just their website. They also have a podcast called Small Things Often that's two to three minutes a day. And it is so helpful. I recommend it all the time to my clients because they really know their stuff about couples and how you can incorporate daily things to improve your relationship. So that's one that I would highly recommend is the Gottman's. And they have some great interviews on the Brene Brown podcast too. I don't always love Brene Brown, but I love it when she interviews people about their books. I feel like I get so much more out of those interviews. She's so good at interviewing people. Like she does such a good job of summarizing people's books and getting them to talk about the key points. Like she's great at pulling out the nuggets. And I oftentimes feel like I get more out of her interviews about books than I do about the books themselves. Mm, yeah. Like I've talked about it with Atomic Habits. I felt like half uh-huh. of the Atomic Habits, I was just That's reading right. the same book. And I, yeah. I loved her interview series with James Purse. I loved her. I feel like I get more out of her interviews with the Gottmans than I do out of the books themselves. And I think it's because like for me, maybe it's because I like was an English major and I just really like digging into the material. Like that's where my brain was trained, like has been goes, trained yeah. to go for better and for worse. <laughs> Sometimes I do kind of just feel like I wish I could just read this and like <laughs> this part of my brain wake up and be like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about here. Like, can we just read it, please? But her interviews, they came out with a new book, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. And she had a couple interviews with them that were really, really good. And I just really like the way they interact because they do live the way that they teach. Totally. You so can hear it in their conversations. You can hear it in their conversations. Other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. When, they're, when they're being interviewed, you're like, oh, this is actually what that looks like. And they don't always yep. agree. And they talk about their gripes. Yep. But then they always kind of come back to like, oh, they, they compliment each other just conversationally. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so good at doing this. Yeah, or, and she'll be like, "Oh, honey, I didn't realize you thought you felt that way." Like they yeah. communicate exactly in, how in they teach, time. and it's really yeah. cute. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's great, and I think that 
that is something I recognize of within like couples in my life who I feel like at least outwardly seem to be doing really well is they do that conversation where it'll be like, they'll bring up a strength of their partner in a conversation of like, well, and you know, whoever is so good at this type of communication or, you know, they're so great in these situations. So, so glad that they like took over in the circumstance and they're really build them up just conversationally. I feel like that was, is something I never saw modeled when I was growing Mm. up. And it's really interesting to like see people just. Yeah have that come like maybe it doesn't come naturally but to like work it in so organically okay and here's the ultimate relationship advice maybe don't just try to not be in one for a while (laughs) just don't be in one just don't be in one you know what's funny i have a couple clients who are just like really they're they want to meet someone so bad and they're like i really want to be in a relationship and i'm always like just just enjoy this time please you're gonna look back in 20 years and thank me for telling you to just enjoy this time I'm like relationships are so hard (laughs) I mean I get it like I don't want to I totally get it yeah listening to this and they're like you you know actually it is really hard being single if you don't want to be single I totally get it yeah and I think yeah there's more more to it sometimes if you can just lean into that right all right guys well, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Ned, helloned.com forward slash joy or discount code joy for 15% off. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. Next week, we will not be recording a new episode in the chat. So if you're looking for that live link, you're going to have to wait two more weeks. We are recording an episode with Laura Lagos to come out while I'm surfing and that'll be really fun. So if you have any questions for Laura, actually we're by gonna, the time you hear this, by the time you hear this already, already been done, but Sorry. we'll <laughs> you have any questions for Laura, hopefully we get to them. <laughs> Follow her on the Sassy Dietitian. Yes, she's fantastic. We've had her on a bunch before. It's been a while though. So excited to connect with her. Send me some good surfing vibes, some arm energy, please. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. All right guys, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye everybody. Bye.